Today is June 9th. Still no Yankees baseball. Still no Yankees baseball. Still no Yankees baseball. But we do have some voicemails, so let's answer those and let's talk Yankees. Talking Yanks with old drum boy. Drum boy Jake. Recaps galore and weekly awards. Stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy Jake. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Yanks. My name is Jimmy, and I'm joined, as always, by Jake. He is in the Upper East Side. I am in Harlem, and producer Big Baby David is in New Jersey. Did you shake your head? How can we shake your head? I don't live in the Upper East Side. We gotta, we gotta start correcting that. Where do you live? Carnegie Chill, brah. Where's that? North of the Upper East Side. What's it called? Carnegie Hill. Oh, that doesn't fall into a like a bigger neighborhood name. Ah, cool. Anyway, how's your weekend? How you doing? Sorry, dog. Uh, I'm good. I'm good, man. How about the weekend? The sun was out. Um, big big protest weekend. Uh, went to the park for a little bit. It says Carnegie um, Hill is a neighborhood within the Upper East Side, so pff, you're Upper we, East Side. We through left, and through. dude. We left. I'm I'm telling you, I'm trying to catch you up, man. Okay. Um, yeah, but I'm doing good. How are you doing? Big weekend for you. Big weekend. Got a dog. Got engaged. Went down the shore. Went in the ocean for the first time. It was freezing. Mm. It was so cold. Now I'm back in the city. Uh, we're going to be moving back into the office today. A lot of things changing. A lot of fun. So uh, it's been good. And we got another Fugazi update from MLB today, which is bummer. Yeah, I mean, the dance continues. We're, we're going to get 48 games. Uh, how many more will we get? And I, I hope it is more because I... Just had the realization, like, the 81 that we've been kind of scratching and clawing and hoping for is, Mm -hmm. like, a little over a month of baseball. And it's the difference between baseball bringing back hope and being the first back and leading the way and baseball returns and baseball huzzah or miss a month and a week of games and baseball's the worst, nobody cares, the season's illegitimate. Um, So pretty crazy that that we would let that hang in the balance as a sport. So uh, hopefully it's a pressure, pressure-packed couple of days for the players in the union, but I think it's just going to trickle along and we'll, we'll see if something happens. This new proposal has me thinking that it's still option two of your three options outcomes, which is the owners are going to cave. They've agreed that they will cave eventually, but they just want to keep hammering and seeing... <clears throat> how much they can continue to ask for and how many times they can be rejected to see if they can crack any crack, crack the armor of the union at all before caving. But I also think that they are doing what Trevor Plouffe told us they were going to do as well, which is just stall until it gets down to 60 games and just yeah. negotiate in bad faith until there's only 60 games left. But it is embarrassing that they just keep offering the same thing in different words. Yeah. And I think, uh, <clears throat> I think the owners underestimate how much, well, A, the the actual baseball fans who MLB's ignored for years and they don't care about their opinions because they just want new fans when it's, hey, take care of the fans already in-house, but how how many fans they will lose between 48 games and 75 games, uh, mm-hmm. how, how big of a difference that makes in an MLB season. So we'll see. Um, you know, the owners are on their perch. Uh, you know, I, a good tweet I saw was that the owners, <laughs> first they offered uh, one $20 bill, and then they offered two $10 bills, and now they offered four $5 bills, seeing if the players would take the cheese on any of them. So it'll be interesting, man. What I'm would a, you rather? Full- what, would, what would you rather there? Uh, I'm probably going fives. Um, yeah. I don't like any change. <laughs> so the fa- the five gives a better chance of less change. 
I'm with um, you. I'd take the four fives. Yeah. So uh, that gets a little tricky, though. It depends, like, what your wallet deal is. Ten and two fives one, would be ideal. One bill um, could be ideal, depending how much stuff you have in there. So we'll see. I'm I'm fully braced for the 48-game season. I, I'm guessing we're going to end up in a laughable area. Like, the I think the 60-61 number, people are starting to float around a lot, which is funny because you and I kind of, I think on camera and off camera have honest moments where we've been like, so what's like our actual number that we'd be okay with? And we're like kind of bottom line, like 70, like Mm -hmm. just get over 70. And it feels like they're just going to come in right under there just to, just to (laughs) not to fuck with us, but to fuck with the sport that we love. So, um, yeah. Interesting to see. Go Yankees. Go Yankees. Frustrating. The Angel Hernandez stuff. Did you see that today? Yeah, that's pretty fun. How about that? <clears throat> In case anyone didn't see, MLB and Angel Hernandez like, are at war right now. Joe Torre's mad at him. They had a, a disciplinary call or an investigative call when they there was this game last year, Rays versus Red Sox, where Angel Hernandez forgot to how to write a lineup card with double switches, and then there was, a I guess, 30-minute break? I did a whole breakdown on it. It was miserable to do. And they and when they investigated the situation, they called a conference call with Angel Hernandez, and then he was supposed to hang up, and then they called the next dump, Hickok or something his name is. And Angel Hernandez never hung up, so he just listened on mute to the next conversation to see if Hickok would you know, have his back or throw him under the bus or, or what they were talking about. And now Joe Torre's mad at him. And Angel Hernandez says that you hate me because I'm Cuban and you hate me because I, and Joe Torre specifically hates me because I, I, I blew a call or he doesn't like a call in the 2001 world series, 2000 world series, like 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of interesting to that MLB put out a laundry list of complaints about Angel Hernandez. And I was like, Oh, so they know he's bad. Yeah, it's kind of like when a <laughs> profession goes unchecked for years that those people get a little out of control. How strong is the union that like MLB can't get rid of? They have a laundry list of complaints and they've never been able to do anything? I mean, you could talk, you could get a group of Major League Baseball fans from each team. Let's just do 30 teams. You know, we, we pick a fan from Twitter who's pretty interactive and you said, hey, you just gave them a random MLB quiz. Angel Hernandez as an ump. Would you put him as A, good, B, average, or C, terrible? I think you're getting, what, 28 Cs terrible? Yeah. Minimum? Really bad. So, and, uh, yeah, man, that's just, uh, I don't know. I'll stay out of life for now. But good job, Angel Hernandez. Terrible at your job for two decades. That is impressive. It is impressive. This episode... I like getting getting a giggle out of BBD. That does something for me. This episode of Talking Yanks and the voicemails we are about to listen to are brought to you by Lisa McLaughlin, Fernando Alba, Peter Sarich, Sarich, Charlie Camp, great name, Mm. Jill Hempel, and Patrick Knapp, spelled Knapp, obviously. Knapp. Knapp. Who are those people, Jim? Those are our most recent Patreon supporters. Patreon.com slash Talking Yanks. Thank you very much for supporting us. We appreciate it. Let's get straight into these voicemails. Hey, Jimmy and Jake. It's the Todd Father calling from New York. BBD, market on the map. Uh, hey, Jim, congrats to you and Katie on the big news. Very happy for you both. Also, congrats on bringing McDougal home. I'm sure uh, Noodle will enjoy playing with him in 2021. Also, I just want to say the last episode of Talking Yanks was really good with the Pinstripe Strong guys. Uh, it's just crazy how people treat people completely different just because the color of their skin is different. Uh, hopefully, this could be the start of a big turnaround. Uh, maybe it's not the end of the world, but, you know, the start of a better one. I don't know. Keep the conversation going. Black Lives Matter. Hoping for baseball, too. Go Yanks. All right, so just a, a general nice voicemail from the Todd Father. Congrats to Caitlin and myself, MacDougal, hanging out. MacDougal. Took him on some walks today, a lot of cars. He was born on an Amish farm, so the cars, can you imagine? Like, what the hell are these Ew. things? 
I can. A lot of people can't. I can. Yeah, you can. And then um, what else do you talk about? Yeah, the the uh, the podcast we did last week with uh, Joe's and and Christian and and Keith. A lot of people. We got a lot of really nice compliments. A lot of good DMs. A lot of good emails. A lot of good feedback from people saying, like, "Whoa." Grew up, I, like, you know, I had like a couple people like, I grew up like you and I did not realize other people did not grow up like us. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's the, the big change. Go listen. Go Watch listen. 13th Amendment on Netflix. Oh, Katie open was your ears, open your her eyes. eyes out. Yep. Just crying. Look out. It's Bubak. Uh, I was talking to my dad this weekend about, you know, are the Yankee or... I guess is MLB gonna even get anything accomplished? Are we gonna have a season? What's what? What's he think? And uh, he kind of mentioned about you know if uh, if the NBA restarts on a July 31st, they go till what October, some middle of October, and then they restart again in December of 2020. I mean, how much do you think is that gonna overshadow if let's say MLB doesn't come to an agreement and doesn't have a season, how much does that screw baseball, I guess, is my question. Uh, hey, congrats, Jim. Jake, I miss you. Love you guys. Peace. Thanks, Bubak. Uh, Jake, you want to take it? How much does this screw baseball if there's no agreement? We're still yet to see, and I think that's what people – I, I forget if we did this on here. I, we definitely did it on Talking Baseball a little bit. But I think what we're running into is the fact that not having a deadline also kind of sucks. Yeah. Because guess what? You know, all, all the early plans we heard about maybe a June 10th return and whatever. I, I think this most recent proposal by the league had the regular season ending September 27th. So, again, think about what we're doing. Like, if we drag this out to June 15th, we could probably sneak in a legit half a season or whatever you're looking for. So uh, we're starting to get into the real how is the cookie going to crumble time. I mean, the players are going to take a prorated pay. They're not going to come off of that. Um, Like, that has been their word from the start. They've been firm on it. And they have to be firm on it this year for future years going forward. This is what the union was built on. So that will never come down. So for me, it's where does this, where will they land between 48 games, which is the commissioner-laden number that they had in that original contract, which I wonder if the players are regretting or happy about, um, or are, are we going to get closer to 81? I think the 112 the players originally threw out there, that's kind of a Fugazi negotiation number. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the speech I, I gave at the start of this that you could do 81 games, be the first league back, um, and you know, pride in baseball, have eyes only on you for three weeks. Um, or, you know, you could be the last sport back. People think it's a joke of a season. They call it an illegitimate winner, and then you're back at the negotiating table. So uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm not in crisis mode. But uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I don't know, and I'll, I'll kick it to you, Jim. Well, you said there's no deadline, but there is one for the owners, and they're aiming at it. They just want to play the least amount of games, so that 48 game season is the deadline, right? Like, like they can't go past that because right, but they don't have an actual timeline on that. Like, there's no because oh, they can just date, push the you know? playoffs back. But we also yeah. know that the uh, the, They're scared the league that. doesn't want to do that. They don't. They want to play the playoffs as quickly as they can. Yeah. Remember when we heard that executive say, like three months ago, we heard that executive say, "Give us six weeks and we can put on a hell of a show." It's almost like yeah. they got excited about that idea, and now the owners just want to do that idea. Yeah, man, and I think, uh, again, they they haven't thought of some of the ancillary fallout from that. I mean, you know, uh, are you going to have any starting pitchers go six innings? Because <laughs> I don't know if they're going to build themselves up for that. Not in a 48? Um, no, in a 48-game season? Like, if you're – why play? 
if you're like it's nine starts, nine Garrett Cole starts. Yeah, um, and I, I guarantee, like, dude, I don't even know what you do. I don't know what the strategy would be. It's a circus. Like, you're gonna yeah. injure. You're not gonna injure Garrett Cole for a 48 game season. I'm a. I'll, I'll lean in hard because I've got nothing to lose. But I, I still think the owners just they can kind of blow this thing for the sport over a, a month and a half of baseball, a month of baseball. I think the owners can get it down to 72, 75, 76 games or something like that. But, um, God, to eat it for one year over the past 20, 30 years, whatever it is, um, uh, I don't know. I still think at some point cooler heads will prevail for the betterment of the sport, which will be for the betterment of the owners going forward. Um, but who knows? Um, and, you know, I, th- I think uh, a little teaser and actually just flexing on everyone, um, we we get to watch the uh, Sosa McGuire long gone summer, summer long gone or whatever it is. Uh, and it's funny. I know, Jim, you, you're watching it either tonight or tomorrow. But some of the same shit is looming and some of the same shit from uh, 1994 when when baseball didn't have a season. You know, it's it's weird. It's one of those, hey, guys, pay attention to history because otherwise you're missing out. What's the quote? Uh, you don't something repeating itself. You're doomed to repeat itself. So you, if you ignore history, you're are, doomed to repeat it. You got to risk it for the biscuit. I think it's like a Calvin Coolidge quote. Who was a history teacher. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I think it's a not. Calvin and Hobbes quote. Ooh. 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 Jacob Jamison. This is Ben from Oklahoma. I was listening to the voicemail, I guess, yesterday because today's Wednesday. And I heard you guys say prorate a few times. And I've heard you mention that off and on for the past few years. Say it, and I always thought I knew what it meant, but then I realized maybe I don't. Can you give me an exact definition of what a prorated salary is? Thanks, guys. Okay, so say you pay me to work, you pay me a hundred dollars to work a hundred days, but now I'm only working 80 days. So we're just going to pay me just for the days I work. So 100 divided by 1 is a dollar a day. 80 days prorated would be $80. With harder numbers, the math's harder. But basically it's just, you know, divide how much you're getting by how many days you're going to work and then just do the math. And however many days you work, that's how much you get. Yeah, like a, a price per day almost. Mm-hmm. Your paycheck stays um, the same, even though you're working fewer days. You just get fewer total paychecks because only so many days. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, and the uh, something I saw going pretty viral today because it it's partially accurate, but it and I know this hasn't been the biggest uh, Mike Axissa pod, but I'll give him credit for his tweet. But he was talking about how all these offers are kind of similar. It comes out to around thirty three percent pay. But that number is deceptive because it's not factoring in the prorated. Like the players, when they signed that deal in March, they agreed that, hey, if we get paid, you know, if we do 81 games, we expect it to be prorated. That's kind of what this whole argument is about. So that 33% number is a little deceptive because, I mean, let's say the players want 51 games, or if the players want 81 games, a half season at prorated, that's 50% of their pay. So when Mike Xyz is throwing the 33% out there, that's not like 100% isn't attainable anymore. Does that make sense? 50%. Yes, yeah. But he didn't say that. It's just like, you know, 50% is what they're asking for, but now the league keeps asking for 33 repeatedly. Right, right, right. I mean, he's showing that the league is offering the same thing in different ways, which I agree upon. Yeah. But I think that 33% is a deceptive number because 100% isn't attainable at this point, you know? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. His point like is just 50% the first is kind of the best case scenario. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah. And I think a lot of people reading that tweet probably don't know that. 
Oh, okay. That's probably true. I don't. I know that, so I didn't even think of it the other way. Right. But it is funny. It's a good tweet. I retweeted. It's eighty-two games at the sliding scale was thirty-three percent salary. The next proposition was just fifty games, one hundred percent prorated, thirty-three percent of the full salary. And then the third today's was seventy-six games at seventy-five percent prorated, thirty-three percent. So they just literally, it's the twenty-dollar bill, the two tens, or the four fives. It's the same. Yeah. It's it's literally what they are doing. It's embarrassing. Do they really think people are dumb? I, I don't think that yes. they actually think the public's dumb. I think they're dragging their feet to get to the 60 games or 58 games or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think it's... I, I mean, it's a little bit gnarly negotiations and just seeing what they could get. Like, they slipped in a waiver to this, this offer or something that wasn't there before. Um, and we've talked previously, and go check out Talking Baseball because we'll deep dive into it. But you know, the players are offering home run derbies after the season, an All Star game after the season, uh, two years of expanded playoffs. So uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know. I it still in my brain makes sense for seventy plus games, full prorated for the betterment of the sport. But that's not always been the intention of Major League Baseball. Future value, though, dude. They're not in. I mean, they don't have foresight. They're not interested in the future value of the sport. Otherwise, they would have never done BAM. What we're doing as a podcast, what we're doing as media, um, you know, all of it. Baseball has kind of missed it for a little bit. What's up, boys? It's Artie checking in. So, question for you. Who is your number one non-Yankee player to root for? Just some guy you love to watch. Love to see him do well. Mine, personally, Nolan Arenado. Love watching the dude play defense. All right, looking forward to your answers. Love you. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, Cole Tucker's awesome. Puig, man. Cole Tucker doesn't even involve baseball for us. I could I could watch Cole Tucker eat, eat cereal. I root for Puig. His entertainment... Yasel. He's a uh, Yasiel Puig is, I don't know how much I'd love him on my team, to be honest. Oh, wow. But he's perfect to be like your favorite player that's not on your team. Okay. That's an the interesting an, The twist. antics are just funny. Right. He brings the energy, brings the entertainment. But if you go into a slump, who knows how, how those antics rub me then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I uh, last year I was falling in love with uh, Cunha, uh, Ronald on the Braves. I mean, what he can do at his age. I guess, I guess that's I'm kind of at that point of my life. You either have to be old or young. If you're older <laughs> than me, if you're if you're still playing Major League Baseball and you're like 38 plus and you're still doing it, and I'm sore on my couch from laying the wrong way, I'm like, wow, you're incredible. If I turn it on and I see Acuna or Soto and one of those guys, and I picture myself like, you know, throwing up on myself on a couch in college, I'm like, how do they do that? So, I got Walker Bueller and Flaherty, young studs. Yeah. I like the way they pitch. They're good ones. Walker Bueller is awesome to watch. I mean, I was talking him up before he came on the show and chatted with us. He was just—he's just. He's a little Lincecum-esque. Just throws himself Ooh. at you. Bam. Lincecum um, would have been a great answer back when he was pitching. It's a good one. Good one. All right. Next. Two voicemails in a row here. Hello. Well, this is Jake Stead. Uh, that Jake. John Boy and Jake. <coughs> I, um, I called in because I saw your uh, subject favorite all-time quote, bad Yankee. And um, the guy I'm going to give you, his name, um, wasn't really bad, but he wasn't that good either. He was just really likable, and he was very reliable. He was in there every day, scrapping to get singles and covering his base, and his name is Horace Clark. And I loved watching Horace Clark because he really wanted to play baseball and Wanted more than anything to be a Yankee. Hey, you guys are great. Take care. Bye. 
Pops chiming in. Did you know his affinity for Horace Clark? God, I hate hate people that start talking and then they kind of start rambling and you don't know where it's going. Um, I'm huge Horace Clark pod. Um, thanks for calling in, fan. Um, no, I'm I'm not that familiar. I'm I'm clicking around now. Horace um, Clark led the league in at bats twice. That's big. Yeah, I mean, seems to fit the mold. Doesn't have a home run. Doesn't have a year with more than six home runs. Has some good stolen bases. You know, life lifetime three oh eight on base. Yeah, it's miles and miles of heart. Miles and miles of heart. Yankee for nine years. Who was that? Bernie Williams, I think. I think another thing that should be mentioned, and it's timely for that call. I mean, we're officially a beard podcast. Yeah, you got it going strong. You know what Horace Clark's middle name was? Um, let me guess. Let me guess. I'm thinking it is Meredith. Meredith. How'd you guess that? I don't know, man. That's crazy that you just... Spooky. Yeah, that is nuts. Wow. That's Thanks a tough middle un- name. It's a tough middle Thanks name because for- it's... Purely a female name. Thanks for the underbeard, old man. Meredith had to be like his mom's name, right? Maybe maybe the Clarks, you know, do you think that if they had a daughter, her name would have been Meredith Horace Clark? Because that's funny. I'd say there's a chance. Okay. I can't promise you that. I that's wish I huge. would. I wish I could. Okay. One of the most well-known faces of the Yankees teams from 1967 to 1973, that period in Yankees history has been referred to as the Horace Clark era. Really? Okay. <laughs> I know my dad got into writing. <laughs> Your dad's editing his Wikipedia yeah. uh, on the side. <laughs> no, this is this is the uh, the episode of The Office where. Uh, <laughs> Creed says he's been blogging or something. Yeah, and Ryan's yeah. just like I opened up a Microsoft Word document for him. Yep, just t- started typing there. Clark and Joe Mauer are the only hitters to break up three no-hit bids in the ninth inning. Wow, Horace Clark, you aren't gonna no-hit his team. That's that's a that's the perfect stat. That's like a likable bad player. That's the stat right there. Batting title. Soon to be Hall of Famer, MVP Joe Maurer, and Horace Clark. It was in the space of one month. In the space of one month in 1970, he broke up three possible no hitters in the ninth inning. One was against uh, Joe Necro. That's pretty cool was, stat, man. That's a pretty wish cool stat. It was stat. against all the all the Necros. Uh, Necro Jim brothers. Rooker, Jim Rooker, Sonny Siebert, and Joe Necro. Three men hate Horace Clark. Yeah. As a fielder, though, the knock on Clark was that he would not turn the double play with runners barreling in. Few ever took him out with a slide, but Clark would hold the ball after leaping. He's, uh, you know, got to protect himself. Smart man. Yeah. Ahead of his time. Yeah. I love that stat. I mean, that is... Can't, that, you're right. Can't that assume. is the perfect stat to, like, epitomize a Yankee that... You don't like, but you like. All right. Next voicemail. Hey, John Boy. This is Joseph from Hobart, Virginia again. I was kind of curious what was your favorite Chris Carter moment. I know he was your favorite bad Yankee of all time in 2017, so I'm just curious to see one moment and just made, just made your soul cry. Just curious. Mm. Thanks. You're looking for a bad moment or a good moment? Because I have a very easy best good moment of of Chris Carter, and it's when I called his home run the best home run call of all time. Right. I mean, there was that there was that strikeout where the ball was at his eyes. I think it was Kimball Kimbrell, and he like just swung and missed. But uh, here I have the home run call. How about how cool is this? This is everything, folks. Curveball, did he get it? Did he fucking get it? Get out, you son of a bitch! Chris Carter! It was like a game-tying home run in the eighth. So that's my favorite moment. Did he get it? Did he fucking get it? Get out, you son of a bitch. It's a young, energetic John boy. Okay. 
That was drunk, John Boy. Fucking yep. Chapin brought us to the game. And we had, he's like, let's get some whiskeys beforehand. And it was just like four fingers of whiskey. And then that game goes mm-hmm. extra innings. Bart closes, and I'm almost have to, like, I have no way home. Everyone assumed you were talking about Bartolo Colon closing for a second, which was really oh. exciting, and not, not your transportation. Bay Area Rap. Yes. It is funny that that's the name of it. Uh, do you have a favorite Chris Carter moment? No, I just remember, and it might have been that Kimbrell at bat, but like it was clearly near the end. Like, we are near the end of this, and there was a couple at-bats where you're like, you know what, man? Give us one more. Like, give us a, like, get Boston. Or, or you know, hit a walk-off against Tampa Bay. Or just give us something that's like, hey, this was terrible, but that's nice. And then it was just like, nope. It'd either be the high fastball, slider in the dirt, see you later. Um, miss you, Chris. What are his final numbers as a Yankee? Where's he at? I feel like he'd be perfect for like KBO. Yeah, I think he was one of I think he was tearing last we knew, I think he was tearing it up in the uh, Mexican League. Yeah. This twenty five game stretch, May fifth to June fourth. Twenty five mm-hmm. games, sixty six at bats, thirty three strikeouts. It's about half. Nine hits. He was so bad. Oh, he's so bad. What was his final stats as a Yankee? 201, 284 on base percentage, higher than I thought. 653 OPS, also higher than I would have guessed. Eight home runs. Home runs and walks, baby. 76 strikeouts in 62 games. That guy was bad. What's up, boys? It is Jordan from Boston. Just listened to the crossover Talking Yanks podcast with Joe and the boys. Got me thinking about the first day after, uh, first day at school after the 04 meltdown. I live in Boston. That was the worst day of my life. So my question is, what has been your favorite and least favorite day to be a Yankee fan? Like, or what is the highest high and the lowest low? Thanks, boys. Go Yanks. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we lived in Connecticut, and I remember – I lived in Connecticut for two years, and it was 03 and 04. So it was cool because, you know, that was peak Yankees-Red Sox, peak rivalry, and we lived in, you know, our the hallways were split with fans. And we had some kids that were in our grade, I just mentioned his name, like painted his face red at school for baseball. And, you know, I was a Yankee fan that lived in California. No, where did I live before that? Illinois. So I wasn't around it. So I remember being like, this is awesome. Like people are crazy. And, and I remember after 03, the Boone home run, so happy to go walk the halls, go to Samansky science class, who was a diehard Red Sox fan. 04, didn't want to go to school at all. Like that, that was honestly torture. It's easily the least favorite going to school or day after game. Correct answer. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that at all? Yeah. That's, those were the answers. Did you go to school? I mean, you were closer friends with all yeah. those kids. Can you me telling my mom I'm not going to school because of a sports game? I'm just trying to get some details here. What was it, it like? killed me. You, you nailed all of them, man. I'm, I'm good with it. What's up, Jimmy? What's up, Jake? How's it going? It's Caden from Plattsburgh, New York. So um, I'm in a Facebook group uh, of sports centers, not just baseball, but sports all around. But anyway, um, one of the questions that was posted to the group was, what's your most heartbreaking moment as a sports fan? Now, of course, me being a huge Yankees fan, the number one heartbreaking moment is the reverse sweep in 04 with the Red Sox. So my question to you guys is, how many, if any at all, of the 27 rings would you be willing to give up in exchange for having the reverse sweep back? Maybe the Yankees don't even beat the Cardinals in the World Series that year, but they, they sweep the Red Sox in 04. No reverse sweep, no reverse the curse. This is the Bambino still a thing. How many World Series would you be willing to give that back in order to erase that from history? Thanks, guys. Go Yanks. 
I'm doing a Google search. It's memory oh. lane. What? Memory lane. Yeah, memory lane. Same thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, St. Louis Cardinals have the second most World Series wins with 11. Yankees have 27. I don't want to be able to say say we the Yankees have the most. I don't want that taken away from us. Yanks are good. I think I'd trade five of the early ones. Can we choose the years? Like five in the middle? Oh, I think it was just one. I think you just had to pick one. Oh, you right? did? I thought he said how many would you trade? I, either way, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of... What do you got, BBD? I thought it was how many. How many? Okay. Clearly, like you trade one. Any Anyone would trade one. Yeah, I was going to say the second one, because you still need the first one to get on the board. Um, and then I was going to trade the second one. But yeah, a couple, couple of those early ones. A couple of the, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't around. There's only like eight teams. Who cares? Was the seventies like a repeat or I don't know. Yeah. No, no. Trade like, um, you you cash in three. I'm not willing to cash in five. Not willing to cash in five. I would have went five. No. The reverse sweep sucks. It was tough. And it, I mean, it, it fueled that. That franchise, but yeah, three to five. What's your, what's everyone else's number? Here we go. Tweet at Big Baby David your number, people you've kissed in your life. Yeah, Dope. number people you kissed in your life, comma number of World Series rings you trade to not be reverse swept. No other context, just those two numbers. Tweeted at BBD. Hey John boy, hey Jake, see you in the corner, BBD. It's uh, Joe from North Jersey, first time, long time. Just wanted to call in and ask, you know, looking at the schedule, obviously we're missing out on, a, you know, half of it, all of it at this point. What is a matchup you guys would have really liked to watch that we missed at this point? For me, I'm going to go Texas Rangers, uh, completely new staff, new lineup, just a lot of unknowns with that team. Are they going to be really good? Are they going to be, you know, middling? I would have loved to see that. I uh, want to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, I'll shut up and listen. I haven't tortured myself. You know, one of our employees, Bill, showed us that, like, every day on his Apple Watch, it says what game would be playing, and then it just says postponed. I'm like, holy smokes. I would not be able to do that. I haven't... So, like, you know, every now and then, like, we should be playing the Pirates tonight. Like, I I haven't tortured myself and looked at the schedule. Obviously, Houston's a big one. Like, you know, going to Houston and playing would have been pretty cool. What other matchups, Jake? Do you do you have? I have another one, but I'll let I think you go I'm, first. I think I'm in division, man. I I think I would have loved to see. You know, the baby Jays definitely thought that they were going to take their best hack at us this year, and if they had their rotation lined up, maybe like, uh, you know, Ryu Anderson and Rourke, Roark, something like that. Like that would have been a really fun series, or maybe they give Nate Pearson big time prospect for them a chance and like the baby rays you know i'm just picturing them coming in they're above 500 they're trying to show that they're here for the division and see if the yankees swing back or just like a heated rays match man um you you know i was i was big on the rays and like dude if if those guys took a leap i mean glass knows special dude um and you know our ryan yarborough human rain delay but our buddy um it, it it would have been fun to see, you know, those those teams would come in swinging for the AL East, and those would be big games for them. And I, I think those are the those are the series that I'm I'm most bummed out on. I'm missing the the Rangers was a good pick though. You and I have been excited about them since they've had their off season. Yeah, and a new stadium and all that. I don't know if they would have been going there, but uh, the Rangers is going. The Rays is where I was going to go to. Like the Astros is the easy one. The Rays, if they had their pitching going and, and, and all that stuff, and hopefully we win. A lot of good teams in the AL. Well, not not really. Not really. But, like, I, I just looked at the schedule and saw the A's as well. And, like, that'd be fun. But the West Coast trip. That's a good one. To, not they're, interesting. They're a fun team. But, yeah, I feel that's – and I guess what kind of psyched me out of those teams is that it, like, rarely lines up and works out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, our, our three-game set with the Texas Rangers could have been – Hap Monty in like an opener day. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, was was that our best effort? You've got a question. I've got one. June 26th, 27th, and 28th, the Cubs were coming to New York. That's a fun that one. That was my answer. 
That's always fun. I believe we were going to go to Sunday Night Baseball against the Cubs as an office. I think we were going to Adani Suites. Adoni. Something like that. Yeah. God damn it, whoever called this. Joe, just making me be sad. Brewer's trip was going to be fun. Brewer's trip. Yeah. I'm telling you, tough memory lane the past three Qs. Fuck. This is like future memory lane. Or- hey, John Boy Jake. Bill from Austin. Uh, so I was wondering... If C.C. Sabathia ever decided to come out of retirement, would you welcome him back to the team without even so much as a tryout? Or would you say, C.C., we love you, but uh, it's time to move on? Want to hear your thoughts. Go ahead. You put him in the pen. You bring him back for spring training, see if he wants to be a lefty reliever for clubhouse stuff. Um You'd be very hesitant to do it. You'd hope he doesn't ask. That's where I'm at. You hope he doesn't ask. Mm, Interesting. Then you don't have the Bernie situation. Yeah, I think you you go see him once. You're like, hey, see, we we just got to see the big dog eat one time. Mm -hmm. You know, like we 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 want you. We love you. If you could show us that that you can let loose, we'll give you a spot in the pen. Yeah. Be fun to have him out there. He said he was going to come back to be a bullpen role. So, like, I wonder how negotiations and all that would have went. But I do think that Cashman knows his value in the clubhouse. And just around the clubhouse. Throw a couple innings. Look at some of the Yankee guys who threw a couple innings last year. That's a fun game. It's a scary game. You got some? Take Chance Adams' job. Yeah. I could bring some up. I was looking at the 2020 Blue Jays. Chance uh, Adams. I mean, see. Joe, who had the dad that was... Adonis the, Rosa. Adonis Rosa is funny. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can scrounge up some innings. Oh, internet, you're going to fight me now. Oh. Let's see. All right, we got innings from... Donis Rosa, Ryan Dull, Brady Lale, Joe Mantiply, Jake Barrett. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, who's Ryan would... Dull? I don't remember Ryan Dull at all. Ryan Dull was a uh, end of the year. I th- I think we picked him up off of waivers. Um, and he just he was around. Oh, I remember making I think Dull he, like... jokes now. Yeah, yeah. And I think we got him either end of August or September. So I was like, well, we might as well just keep him up here. Um, Tyler Myers. show. How electric was that? The tarps on. Tarpley. Chance Adams. Um, Nestor Cortez uh, threw, you know, 66.2 innings. We give CeCe some of those innings. Yeah. All right. CeCe could find a spot. All right. I like it. This is a good way to frame it. Hey, John Boy. Hey, Jake. It's uh, Joe from Ohio. Huge fan. Um, with the last two weeks of the Hall of Fame questions that popped up, I was actually curious what you guys' opinion was. Who do you think is, like, your dark horse of active players in the Hall? Like, uh, maybe a guy that's, in your opinion, putting up Hall of Fame production, but isn't necessarily getting talked about like that. Uh, personally, mine's got to be Freddie Freeman. Anyways, curious where you guys land on that. Love the podcast. Love the breakdowns. Have a good one, guys. Go Yanks. Man, this is – do you have anyone in the chamber? I, I certainly don't. I'd have to really, like, think and not be able to do this on the spot. I, I couldn't hear it that well. It's who's who's on a Hall of Fame path that nobody's really talking about. Yeah, kind of. Dark horse. He said Freddie Freeman, which is good. Freddie Freeman has now had 10 years in a row. I mean, I'm not counting – well, in 2010, he played 20 games, so – from his rookie season on, he's got a 137 OPS plus with an 885 OPS, 294 batting average, 380 on base percentage. Freddie Freeman's been doing the damn thing for 10 years now. Yeah, I mean, Nine. is like Buster Posey there? Has, did he have a long enough peak? Um, I mean, as a catcher, I don't know. I guess it's it's kind of how he finishes up a little bit. He's got an MVP. Um, Gary Sanchez, people forget, um, how good of a start he is on his career. Buster Posey's got a good case. Rookie of the year, MVP, three world series. 
128 OPS plus he's, as a catcher. He's fall he's fallen off pretty hard, which is uh I mean that's kind of the story of baseball, but he's an interesting one. Yeah. In 2018, he had a 108 OPS plus. So it's for a catcher that's still rather good. I know Grinky was like the sexy fake combo last year, but I think almost everyone agrees that like he's in. Um Granky should Granky's been really good for a while. Like he's been at every I mean at many different ages. At 26 at the trade deadline commodity, right? At 28 trade deadline commodity. At 31 free agent commodity. At 35 trade deadline commodity. So I think that's a good way to judge if you're like that's a that's a long stretch of him being wanted on teams. And the numbers yeah. back it up as well. But just the fact that, like, no matter for the last fifteen years, it's been like you you want Granky on your team if you're going to win. Yes, it's a pretty good sign. Yeah, I've got a couple. If you do, if you don't mind me, yeah, who sharing. you got? The uh, the first one I have not an original, but Foolish Baseball had a video like a month or two ago, making the case for Andrelton Simmons because like by. All the different advanced metrics, he's, like, far and away, like, the best defender ever. And the hitting's there if you look at the precedent that's already been set with, like, Ozzy Smith being in. Because I didn't think it, I was going to be swayed on that one. But he, like, showed enough information. I was like, all right, cool. <sighs> the um, hitting's so bad. It's But it's, like, but if you look at some other guys who are, like, all glove. But Ozzy Smith played for 20 in. seasons. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Ozzy Smith and Vizquel did it for two decades. Like, if Andrelton can do it at shortstop for that long, I've got no problem. But he, but he's not even he's through, one, got, he's not even through a, one There's decade. a world where he's on the path. But yeah. uh, the one it's I an just interesting thought one. of. Because and for every, you know, Babe Ruth, there's the Harold Baines guys who you sneak in. You're like, how'd he get in? Mm-hmm. Um, which is part of that discussion. But the guy I have, like... Over the second off season, I realized has had a sneaky good career. Kyle Hendricks has been like really good. He needs to do it for a long time. He needs to keep going. He's only twenty nine now, but he has the Cubs World Series, led the league in ERA. Dude, um, he is wow. He's got a three fourteen career ERA and a one thirty two career ERA plus. Cy Young votes, MVP votes in that one season. Led the league in ERA and ERA plus once. But, again, we're looking at six years. Yeah. yeah. He needs to do it for like he, a while. But that is the, that is the question on the, on the path. But, I mean, he'd need to double this. But that, that is way more impressive than I thought Kyle Hendricks. I like him. I like smart pitchers. Yeah. Yeah, just do it for, like, eight more years, Kyle. Yeah. What's up, boys? This is Pete from Tennessee. Second-time caller. This is sort of a crossover question. Josh and Jake TV talking Yanks crossover question. But I was watching watching Baggage, and it got me thinking, which Yankees would you love to see on Baggage? And what would some of their baggage be? Oh, like okay. I know Chad Green saw a ghost one time in his apartment or something. Mm. Like, just picture... You're DJ LeMayhew. Like, what is his baggage going to be on that show? Anybody who hasn't seen Watching Baggage on YouTube, John Boy and Jake TV, go check it out. It's great content. So, yeah, let me know. Thank you, Pete. Thanks for the endorsement. Uh, I feel like someone asked this before, and we said we didn't want to do it because it's basically just talking shit about Yankees players. But right, the, the Chad Green one's great. Like, I'm being haunted by a ghost. That's awesome. Yeah. The so if you don't know baggage, it's you just reveal personal baggage in a dating show, and you like open a bag, and it's like I sleep with toads. You know, you gotta explain it. Uh, I thought of, I just thought of a good one while we were while he was saying that, and I forget it now, which is bullshit, and I'm upset about it. Yeah, I think we we kind of didn't put on our silly hats before because again, baggage it's it's kind of people airing stuff out there. But I mean, you know, like DJ Lemayhews would be like. I won't talk to you. Yeah, I average like, okay. 20 words a day. That's DJ LeMay. That's a good one. Oh, oh, oh um, um, I just had it again, and I forget it again. Oh, my God. 
Tyler Wade would be like, oh, one, I've hooked up with two girls in one night. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm telling the world this. Brett Gardner's <laughs> would be, I drive 14, I do 14 hour road trips silent. Yeah, you got to phrase it differently. Yeah, I don't know how you phrase I, it, but like, I don't, I, I only drive in silence. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. That's a good one. Tommy Canley can say, bit. you know, uh, Red Bull. I'm a Red Bull addict. I'm a recovering Red I'm Bull loud. addict. I'm really loud. I'm just loud. Stan could, could Stan would be funny on the show. I don't know what his baggage would be. Um, yeah, again, it would be like a hokey baggage. Like, I, I get manicures and pedicures every other week. And be like, holy cow. Yeah. But I don't know. Stan's actually sillier than people think, so I think he might come with What's some. What's that about? I think he might come with it. Okay. Clint would be like, you know, I love my cats more than I love you. I love my right. shoes more than I love my cats, which is more than I'll ever love you. He'd have a themed baggage going. I like that. Yeah. Aaron Hicks, like if I'm uh, golf or baseball all day for me, and they'd be like, is that... Yeah. Is that an end statement? Is that the full thing? I don't have time for you. Yeah. I know what Aaron Judge can be like, I'm I'm a giant. Too big. I'm just too big. That'd be good. Okay. Cool. Send in what the baggages would be if you want to get involved. I'm trying to think on more. But I can't. It's okay. I'm too big. Kyle Higashioka. I don't like small talk. <laughs> Not uh, Mike Talkman. I'm very thorough. Yes. Yeah. It's good. Thorough. Glaber Torres. I'm mm, too cute. Tyro Estrada. I've been shot in the leg. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. I eat bullets. Wow. The bullet eater. Yeah. That'd be badass. It's a good nickname. I mean, I don't know if we can call him I bullet. I miss but you, Tyro. Just a great nickname. Bullet Estrada. It's great. All right. I think that wraps up Talking Yanks. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We will be back on Friday with another episode. Hopefully we'll be back in the office, Jake, sitting next to each other, having fun, dancing, maybe. Interview, right? Do we have someone lined up? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Stay tuned and find out. See you then. Oh, yeah. Shit. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees. <laughs>